0: Welcome to Beyond Dollars and Cents. This is the Risk and Reward Podcast. My name is Holland Henderson, financial advisor with Allen & Company. Thank you for joining us. And today we have a special guest with us. Uh, His name is Chris. Chris, please introduce yourself.
1: Thanks, Holland. First of all, thanks Thanks for inviting me in. I'm looking forward to seeing how this goes. (laughs) You Um...
0: are being judged, by the way. From here on out, (laughs) We'll see if there's a every, part two.
1: Everywhere, everywhere, every time. Um, so my name is Chris Wendell. I'm a second-generation Lakeland native who writes uh, suspense and thriller novels a la James Patterson, uh, Michael Connelly, and Harlan Coben. Um, they're all set in Lakeland, and they follow the life in the cases of police detective named Becker Gray. Um, but really, really they're, they're more of a conversation uh, with my son and my girlfriend's son, um, for example, my first novel, Human After All, uh, it, it talks about the negative impact fear can have in someone's life mm. if it's left unchecked. Um, and my latest release, uh, Heart Half Black, is about choices and compromises and how if, uh, if you compromise too much of who you are, you know, at your essence, then you can end up jaded about life. Or as the title infers, you can blacken part of your heart.
0: Mm. So, so what got you into writing?
1: Um, you know, nothing, nothing specific that I can remember. I have traced back to about the third grade when I started writing stories. Uh, my dad had one of those old time Corona typewriters where you hit the button and the arm comes up and strikes the, the ribbon and the oh, paper. Yeah. I, I suppose I thought that was the coolest thing. And I would get paper and I would put it in and I'd type away and make them order new ribbon, and, uh, <laughs> which the, was probably uh,
0: very convenient you know yeah. amazon back sure. then no amazon
1: back <laughs> then so uh, as far back as i can remember that's kind of what i've done and I've, I've i've veered here and there i wrote wrote some poetry i wrote some screenplays but i uh, when i was 14 i started writing my first novel and
0: 14 yeah how uh, was it i mean looking back to where you are today looking back and reading that novel i mean i assume you still have it
1: probably somewhere
0: have you read it lately?
1: No. No. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> Why would anybody want to do that? Here's the thing with writers. Um, if you, I've, I know that I'm decent okay, overall. But during the process, it is highs and it's lows. Really? It is, oh my gosh, I can't believe I wrote this. And then you go and read something and you think, who wrote that? <laughs> because that's really good so it's highs and lows the last thing i need to do is go read the very first thing i tried to do that would be terrible i remember showing it to my i think my 11th grade english teacher and he said uh this is terrible oh this, wow this is terrible but for a 15 year old to spend time doing this you're on to something keep it up but this, this
0: is not you don't want to submit this, this to anybody no, don't tell no anybody good,
1: here no good but really? it was from him that
0: was encouragement so how many how many books have you written? How many books have you published?
1: I have published eight titles. Okay. So I say titles because I have three novels, two novellas.
0: And a novella is a short short book. Yeah. Uh, that would 80, that be the best way to describe it? Fifty
1: to eighty pages. Okay. So a short story would be you know two three thousand words somewhere in there. So a novella is, is like half of a novel, say.
0: I mean, it's a fancier title. It is. Yeah. It is. I mean, yeah. I like saying novella more than I like saying novel,
1: for sure. It's more fun. Yeah. It's more fun. Which one's more difficult to write? <laughs> the shorter ones. Yeah. 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 Yes. So a novel is around 100,000 words. Okay. So a novella is around 25-ish. So when your brain works at 100,000 words, and you try to take a quarter of that and turn it into something, it's, it's difficult.
0: Because you have to have a beginning, middle, and an end, a story arc, mm-hmm. all that character development. I would imagine that character development would probably be the hardest thing to get done in a short
1: story. Well, that is the great thing about having a series, uh, which is what, what my books are. So those two novellas, they bridge the gap in between each of the novels. Okay. So the character, for all, for all purposes, is already developed. So, all I have to do is launch into you know the case or whatever he's he's dealing with at that time, and i don't have to do a lot of character development uh, and save that more for the novels
0: do you um who, who would you attribute your interest to writing would it i mean obviously you had the typewriter and stuff like that, but were your parents into writing were they into literature? did you read a lot? Did they read to you
1: my my i don't remember if they read to me, I probably was too young. I know that my grandmother told me stories all the time when I was young uh, for, for nap time. That's how that's how she would get Chris to go to sleep. They would soothe the beast by telling stories. Yes. Yes. So uh, that I remember. That's probably the earliest memories I have of, of stories. My dad read a ton. Still still does. My mom had a period where she read quite a bit, but it, but it was uh, Danielle Steele type. So the romance, <laughs> that sort of thing. And she kept telling me when I, was, when I was in high school, she would say, you should write one of these. And I'm like, oh, mom, that's no, absolutely not. But now the market is predominantly romance. It, it dominates Does it really? the publishing industry. And now I'm like, man, I, I should have written one or two of those. But I don't, I, I don't, I'm not that guy. <laughs> You're not that guy?
0: That is, that is really interesting Yeah. I Um, mean, do you want to go to a place where, uh, you know, there's a lot of development in that market already? Does that make it easier as a writer or does it kind of get lost in the crowd?
1: Well, unfortunately, everything gets lost in the crowd. But what you're what it sounds like you're talking about is writing to market. Yes. And you can do that. Some people are successful at it. I I don't think most people are. Uh, You have in my opinion, you have to write what you enjoy, and if you're writing simply to sell a book in a different genre, I, I think it comes through in your writing. So you may get people buy it, but will they buy another one? Maybe not. Maybe it's not that interesting. Maybe there's no heart or soul into it because you're, you're just writing because that's a popular market.
0: So did you, ta- did you try other markets out? Did you try to write in different spaces? and then just realize that you wanted to land in mystery and crime or was it would that be the appropriate term mystery yeah, and crime sure. or would that be yeah.
1: m- suspense thriller so there are there are all these subgenres um so there's a mystery uh, mystery genre cozy mystery that sort of thing that's different than suspense thrillers so we don't uh, we can talk about that if you want but they're <laughs> they're different they all they are all comprised uh differently and have different characteristics but when i ventured into screenplay writing, I, I did comedy. Really? I really enjoyed writing the comedy. But when I sit down to write a novel, all that comes out is the suspense thrillers. I, I, don't, I don't understand. There may be a line or two in there that I think is really funny, but uh, it just I don't know how that works, but that's what happens when I sit down to write. That's really interesting. I mean, because I, I, I don't know.
0: I mean, we've known each other for a while now, and every time we hang out, it's, you know, it's laughs. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a good time. So to, to put you in the suspense thriller
1: is kind of a, a stretch for me at times. It, I can understand that. And I've gotten that quite a bit from, from folks. And I'm told all the time that I, I, should, I should write comedy. But I, I, it doesn't come out like that. I, well, I mean, I, I guess you do.
0: I mean, you have to stay true to yourself. Mm-hmm. So let's take a break and we'll be right back. And we're back with Chris Wendell. Um, so
1: we, we were talking about,
0: uh, and we never really closed the loop. How many books did, have you actually written? You, you said how many, you've, how many titles you've published.
1: Yeah, I've published, published eight, uh, five in the suspense thriller category. I did one poetry, and I have two titles in business. Okay. Um, and I say that I've written nine because I have one that's finished that hasn't been published yet. Okay. What's that one looking like right now? That one, uh, that is a new character. It's a new new world that, that I created. Uh, it is about a homeless army veteran who finds out that other homeless folks are being preyed upon. And he takes it upon himself to put a stop to it. Oh, wow. And we'll, we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. We don't want to spoil it mm-hmm. at all. So
0: what's it like whenever you get, start getting to a point to where you're finishing the book, Right. How do you how do you know when it's time to just send this thing off and say it's done? Because I would imagine that, that would be that would be something that would be very difficult. Obviously you, you probably have deadlines that you have to meet and things like that, but how do you know it's the right piece? Like everything has been finished.
1: There there are deadlines. But more important than that, there is Something I don't know what to compare it to, but there is something inside of you that says you're okay with this. And if I remember in in the book I, I just finished, in about the third draft, 100, 120,000 words it was at that point, there was one sentence that I could not get out of my head that I just. It irritated me to no end. I can't remember what it is now. I've written too, too many other drafts. But there was one sentence. And when I went back and changed that sentence, I felt better about it. One sentence one out sentence. of
0: 120,000 words. Yes.
1: Yes. So that's how you know, is when, when all those little nigglings in your in your brain are, are not niggling. <laughs> that's, that's, that's how a, you know. Is that know. an actual
0: word? It is.
1: Really? It is. Yeah, we should look it up. I don't to want to be sure, but I, I just want the mystery that
0: that may or may not be a word. It is. I may have used it wrong, but it's a real word.
1: Did you just ask the novelist whether that's a real word? Or not? Yeah, I think, I, think I trust his judgment. So than nice. Nice.
0: John, uh, stay in your lane, bud. All right. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> so do you let other, do you let your loved ones and friends read your book before you actually publish it?
1: Let's see. One person, one, one, like one Friend, if you will. I have, so the, the process I follow is after the third draft, I have uh, an editor and I give the, the book to her. The, the, the friend, my girlfriend, mm-hmm. is usually the first person outside of, of that small group that, that reads it. This book that I just finished, I've printed it up for her three times. Mm-hmm. and at the same time that i printed it for her i said you know what i'll print one for me and i'll i'll, I'll go through it at the same time well she's probably very smart yeah, okay. and she lets me get a few chapters ahead to see how much i'm going to change and so far she hasn't she hasn't read any of it because every single time i said oh you know what forget that first chapter i completely rewrote it and she says okay well you you let me know when you're done really
0: yes You just go rip it out of her hand
1: nope it's just she's she's been through this enough times that that she she's probably clued in that just because it's printed doesn't mean it's done well so you mentioned the process
0: what is the process for people out there who are thinking i want to i want to write a book right i want to get started in this what 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 is the process to getting from an
1: idea to publishing everybody it's different for everybody That, that is a very hard if you asked four writers you would get seven different answers that's if you ask them the same question, yeah. you get different answers. It but there has to be some mainstays, right? Just the words. The words is the only thing that's common between in the process <laughs> is sitting down and putting the words on, on paper. Other than that, it 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 varies for for uh for me, it starts with just a sometimes it's just a scene. The the first book that I wrote, uh not when I was fifteen, but the first published book. I was holding my son after he was born. He was probably six weeks old. And, you know, you're full of, you know, love and you're just so warm. And I would carry him around and and I don't know what they're called, but those slings that are just tight against you. And I'd carry him around all the time and do the laundry and do whatever I needed to around the house. And out of nowhere, I I think I said out loud, you know, I'm never going to let anything happen to you. And immediately following that, I thought, oh, man, that's a really great idea. Like, how far would a father go to protect their kid? And that was the very first thought that turned into that book. So it, it comes from all kinds of places. so how long did that thought tool around in your head before you actually started putting pen to paper with purpose? Then probably not long, because i I had no idea how to write a novel. It was my It was really my first adult attempt at doing it. so I, I had no idea. so I, that novel I sat down and I just wrote I, I think I had at the time maybe five scenes that were not connected and the task was to sit down and connect those scenes and and that's what i did for the first one and that's one reason it took 12 years so now i've i've not perfected my process but it's it's much better uh the fastest book i wrote was about nine months this current one took about 24 um so it's it's much much better and this one only took 24 because after that third draft i gave it to my editor and she she said so listen, I, I think what you've done here is write two books. And, um, and then you smashed them into one. And I said, okay. oh, wow. And then she said, and, and I don't like either one. <laughs> and that, that one hurt. That one hurt. So that one, so I basically, uh, I, I let that um, sit around in my brain for a few days, went back and reread through it. And just like most of the time, she was right. So I rewrote that and rewrote probably about 90%. Is that tough to be that vulnerable? Yes, it's awful, it's awful, but like i don't know how else to be with that you You have to same like your original question is when are you done um you're done when when your your mind tells you you're done, but then you're putting it out there, and people are going to judge it, and you know people are going to judge it, and like you said, Chris, you seem like a fun guy like i I don't understand how you can yeah. come up with all these crazy things. well that's in not you know it's fine, but that's a judgment by itself, right? Sure. So you have people who think of you one way and then you, you write a terrible thing that happens and they think, wow, what is really going on in that guy's head? I mean, do you feel like the, the, your, the words of your
0: editor and your family and friends are wounds from friends? I mean, I would assume that
1: no, Mm -mm. no. So what's funny is I, I've been recently, I've been making dinner almost every night and, uh, Sometimes my girlfriend will say, "Well, wow, this, one, this one doesn't have as much taste. As in it's like, bland. And I'm like, come on. <laughs> and she, she said one time, she goes, I, I wish that you could take criticism about your cooking the way you do about your book. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't affect you. It doesn't bother me because the end goal is how do I make this better? How do I make this the best it can be? And if if you're willing to give me some feedback and tell me what you think, then I will definitely consider it. And and uh, I, I may reject it, but I'll, I'll
0: consider it. Did you feel like you learned that through the process of writing a book? Whenever you started the process of it, or do you was that something post? Or do you think that's some that's just a part of you? It's
1: probably just a part of me. Okay, it, because it, I'm uh, it, it's the focus on on that product. It's it's kind of like having a job. You know, you have a boss, and they tell you you need to do better.
0: To so the people that are reading your book, hey, this is. Between the people that are reading your book and the people that are actually paid, you're paying them to edit your book. hmm Yeah. So I, I need to hear what they have to say. And I need them to be harsh. How many books are published a year? Or do you know what the numbers on that are?
1: I, I, the, last, the last numbers I saw were from um, three or four years ago. And it's over two million a year.
0: So how do you get found in whenever it's... I would ass- I would make the assumption that not the difficulty of writing a book is necessarily easier, but just getting published and getting a an idea out on paper is probably a lot easier given the digital age that we live in.
1: Yes, for sure, for sure. And because of that digital age, the marketing of that of the book is much more complex than writing the book and getting the book published because you're just trying to bubble up past everything else. Well, yes, but it's also a different mindset. So most most writers don't have a marketing budget. Okay. So they're not hiring people to do that for them. Perhaps they they have a friend that gives them some advice or, or you know whatever, but they a lot of them are just doing it themselves. Different mindset. It it's like asking asking a mathematician to sing a song. Like maybe they can't. I, I I don't even know what comparison to make, but it's just a completely different skill set. So you're saying because of the ease
0: of it, it's welcomed authors to then go market, which they're not marketers.
1: Because of the ease of technology, it's welcomed many people to produce a book and publish a book. But it's the marketing side. So how do you get found? It's marketing. Yeah. But how do you market? I haven't haven't solved that question for myself yet. So it's very difficult. Yeah, I would imagine.
0: I mean, just having to r- r- rise above the noise of everything else. I mean, Amazon has opened up. I mean, it started as a bookstore, essentially mm-hmm. online, but it doesn't necessarily mean that titles are. I don't know that that your words are going to rise to the top.
1: No, and they have their own algorithm, and they even have their own um, publishing house. So, with their with their own algorithm and their own publishing house, they're they're promoting those quite a bit uh, before they'll promote yours and it's all about what's moving if if you can if you can reach the the top 10 on any given hour because I think they they update their top 10 every hour then then maybe you get an extra push or if so you s- are you saying that you could pay to be on closer to pay to be at the top of the algorithm so the the only thing that I have uh, seen that's worked is you get 45 people in a room and you say, hey, everyone, buy my book right now on Amazon, and you'll get up there for an hour. But Brilliant. the next hour, somebody else is up there because they've because you went from 45 in an hour to zero, and the next person that maybe you sold 10 in that hour has now replaced you. So it's, it's, it's temporary. It's just, it doesn't, it, it's not sustainable that way. So with this
0: consistent turnover, how does anyone really stay on top unless you're, I guess, a well-known author? That's... That's the question. Yeah. Yeah. Has social media helped this or hindered it at all?
1: Oh, I think it's helped. I think it's helped. And, and there, are, there are folks that are very savvy when it comes to that. And I, I think that they have used it very well to their advantage. And, and they've, been, they've been great. Like, I, I don't want to say anybody's name. But, but yeah, people, people have done really well with it. I'm still kind of working, working through that process myself. All right, cool. Let's take our next break.
0: So, Chris, how do we look for books, right? As as an as a people, as a world, how does your average person go about looking for a book? Are are there, are you, is the author looking at followings people that would normally search for that particular type of book? I mean, do you see many people going from suspense thriller over to sci-fi fantasy? I mean, is there, you know, do do we really read that many different books as a society? And then two how do you as an author pinpoint who you're looking for as far as marketing goes
1: to read your book? Is that, that, that might be too robust of a question. (laughs) So I, you know, I, I think that most people stick within the genre that they like, but they may every now and then venture out of it, but they, they come back to it. So if, if they read 12 books a year, perhaps one or two are outside the genre that they really enjoy. Um, It was a robust question. What was the second part? So I,
0: Whenever you're thinking about marketing to mm. these people, how do you, I, I'll ask it a different way.
1: How do you create a following? So the way that I have done it is uh, I've, I've had two two tracks. One was local since I'm from Lakeland and the majority of people that I know in the reach that I have is in Lakeland. I have uh, done a few things locally that that have developed that. So I went to the farmer's market. Okay. And I threw a table out there and I threw my books on top and I said hello to everybody that went by. And I plastered everywhere that these are Lakeland based thrillers. That that was very, very helpful. Whenever I've published a book in the last seven years, I've thrown a very big launch party. So we had it one year at Cobb and Pen. We had it the next couple of years at Federal in downtown. Mm-hmm. And we had it, it went from the first year, I think maybe there were 25 people to. Uh, the third year there were 80, 90. So in not not all friends, which is great. I mean, I love I love the friends that come and support, but you know, it's it's the new faces that that become really, really important when you're trying to build a brand. Um, so I've done I've done stuff like that locally, but what I've what I've tried to do is go to book shows, book fairs, if you will, conventions that are specific to suspense thriller mystery that that type of genre and these are all over the country they are they are so they have a lot of foot traffic with with readers so the readers come through you get to talk to them some some buy some don't but you're giving them your card You're your, you know face-to-face hopefully you're, you're going to be memorable yes so uh that has that has been very interesting process Um, I haven't gone, I've mainly stayed in the Southeast because they're on the weekend. So you got to get there and get back. So, um, but yeah, that's been, that's been a lot of fun. And and that's where my, my mailing list has really exploded by going to those types of shows. But in the last couple of years with the pandemic, we haven't been able to do that. So that's, that's hurt.
0: So how has your marketing changed in, in the world where you could not be in front of people but still had to market?
1: It's all social media and, and, uh, newsletter blasts and you know I don't have a d- didn't have a product to release so it just it's it's hard to maintain that interest when when there's there's not a whole lot there for them to, to grab onto. so when you're when's the best time to do the tour
0: I would imagine it's right after the book is published when brands make it new
1: so um, locally yes outside of town doesn't really matter it, it's much harder to sell one book than it is to sell four. so especially in a series. People want to know if they're going to spend six hours reading your book that and if they like it, then there's, there's something else there for them. So if you only have one book, it's like, Oh, that sounds really great. Let me know when the next one's at. (laughs) So I show up with, you know, four or five books and have many people that walk away with each one of them. Really? So then you, a body of work is just easier
0: to sell. Mm -hmm. It is. Are they? So when you're, when you're looking for TV shows to stream, Right mm-hmm. on Netflix or some other streaming service, and you've never seen the show, but you might have heard of it. And you see, hey, they've got three or four seasons. Are people looking for a, an end to your books, like you would? Hey, I want to make sure this thing ends and it wasn't just canceled. Do you understand what I'm saying? I do. I I, do. Are they are, or are people that are reading suspense thrillers are just saying, I just want to see, make sure that the character continues on.
1: Yeah, it correct. They want to see it carry on. So if they like the character, they're going to want more from it, and and that's we've as an industry we've programmed them to to do that you know that's why you have like uh, james patterson he's, uh, alex cross has 34 35 novels with with his character so i mean we've and he's an example of of all these other guys that are doing the same thing so people want that character to continue i did i remember an alex cross commercial on tv where
0: he was like if you don't buy my book i'm going to kill the main character do you remember that? I
1: didn't see that one. He's done quite a few. He's one of the only ones that will do the TV commercials.
0: Really? Yes. Yes. So I would imagine that an editor is a pretty important part of this process. How do you how do you come across an editor? How do you pick one that is really going to understand your story? Right? Because not every editor necessarily understands each genre. Correct. Right? right? So they have to be warm to the genre. Yes. So how do you go about finding that person?
1: I have a friend who who just released a book and, and I asked him, I said, man, this, there's there's a couple of things in here I have questions about. And he said, oh, my editor told me to change that. And I said, well, has did that editor ever edit a book like yours? I, I don't know. Okay. Well, that's like you said, that's a great question that you, you have to ask. I happen to uh, know a person that I wrote with briefly just after high school who is a uh, a journalist and and an editor professionally, um, so I was able to tap in uh, tap into her expertise. She likes the genre. She's she's edited other uh, suspense thrillers uh, writers, and uh, she I mean she she does a, a great job. She does more than just the the typos. She gets into the character and says a couple times. She said, you know, I don't I don't think he would do this really. And she would explain why and then I would say she's wrong and then four days later I would go back and change it the way she said. Um I mean, they're reading it from a, the
0: author's perspective or are they reading it from the reader's perspective?
1: I don't know. I don't know. I mean it's not the author's perspective because sure. if they're giving a feedback like that, then they're they're thinking about it differently than, than, than the way than they the writer be. would. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I um, mean they should be reading it from the, the reader's perspective. Correct. Correct.
0: How do you do your research in all of this? I mean, I'm afraid to ask because I don't want to be an accomplice to anything. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I won't I won't spill any, <laughs> any secrets. So there are I mean now with, with with online research and the amount of books that are out there uh that you can read, like the the FBI, you know, uh handbook is available. If you there's forensic books that are available. There are all types of, of this information that's out there. If you read someone like uh, Patricia Cornwell, um, who has, uh, her main character is, is Scarpetta and, and she's like a, um, medical examiner. If you read Michael Connelly, his, he is known for having the, per, uh, the police procedural down. Like that's, he's super yeah, famous for that. So, you, you know, you, if you read those guys and you pay attention, you can absorb quite a bit of, of factual information and then, you know, you, you know, people, you ask questions, you um, have, have uh, met different police officers here and there and this and that. And you, you, ask, you ask questions. I try not to overload anyone too much. Um, but, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there, and you, you can get the information's there. Do you ever stay away from other
0: suspense thriller style books to make sure that you're not Overwriting their stories or taking anything from those stories? Do you stay away from that genre or do you still continue to read that genre just to understand it better?
1: It's mainly what I read. What I try not to do is read while I'm writing. Okay. Because I find that I will incorporate their style into mine during the process. It doesn't end up that way because it gets edited out, but it's much easier. The editing process is much easier if, if it's not in there to begin with. So do you stop reading just
0: that genre or do you stop reading kind of together while you are writing? I try
1: not to read at all during that, that time. So I, I write in 30-day increments and then I take a week or two off in between. So in that week or two off, I'll read you know, one or two, two books depending and then I'll go back. But if I do it while I'm writing, then it, it mucks up the water.
0: So I was um, scrolling through Netflix the other day. I started realizing how many true crime things pop up. Right. And I don't even honestly I don't watch true crime, but at the same time, do you see a lot of that because there's so much of it that is being consumed? Do you see that spill over in readers that are looking for your books? Or do you, do you see that
1: that feeding into the genre of suspense thriller? I can in theory, in theory I think it does, but I also think that uh, the the people who I know that are consuming that type of information, or that type of uh, media, they're, they're not sitting down necessarily and reading. Because you're talking about Netflix, you're talking about the podcast, the True Crime yeah. stuff. They're not necessarily re- sitting down and reading. They're, they're, they're absorbing the content, consuming it, but they're, they're not transferring that into, into other, other means. Do you see, uh,
0: so that, that brings me to another question. I mean, so much of, so much written word has been put on audiobooks, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the Audible is growing yes. incredibly. I mean, Amazon's obviously liked them a lot. Um, how do you see the reader changing with
1: audiobooks and podcasts? And- so that might be where that bit, the, the larger crossover is, for your last question is you may have the people consuming the true crime then come over to Audible, and they may buy those types of books and listen to them. Um, suspense thrillers, they may listen to them through Audible. But I, I don't see them sitting down and reading. Now, um, as far as Audible goes, man, it is it is a big deal. Um, if, if you don't have, an, if you have a written book, and it's not on audible it's 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 a mistake i i only have one book that's on audible mm-hmm. and it's my first one and i the only reason i didn't do it was because it was uh, do it for the next one it was such a task however that first book without me doing much of anything sends me a check every month from that's audible incredible. i don't know how people are finding it i don't know where I don't know. I mean, that's that's my stupidity for not knowing that, but I'm talking about skill sets. I'm trying to write. I, I can't necessarily devote a lot of time to figure out where these Audible readers are coming from. Um, but yeah. All right, let's take a break.
0: So that's really interesting about Audible. I mean, I, I, I do listen to audiobooks myself whenever I'm not reading my other books. Do you see a lot of consumers doing it that way just so they can just get material and digest material in a timely basis.
1: Yes. That's how I have become an audible fan. And uh, whenever I, I go for my bike ride or my walk or my run or whatever, I'm usually listening to something on audible and I get to consume the content and it, it's not like I have to devote that time strictly to that. If I was reading, that's all I could do. For that time period, so it, I mean, it, it, it's it's great. It's convenient. It, it's pretty wonderful. I will tell you that there
0: is a time that it's not convenient. And I started to read a book called Breath. I think is what it's called, and it's about how to to breathe better. Believe it or not, but I did it while I was running. So then I've caught myself to try to breathe dif- differently while I was you know doing a three mile, four mile, five mile, whatever. And I thought I'm going to I'm going to die right now because even in the book it says don't do this while you're while you're training, like learn how to do it before you start. But I I couldn't help. Like I wanted to breathe differently because it was telling me that the way that I was breathing was poor.
1: That is, I I don't, I I don't don't do that. I don't know what what to do with with that information.
0: I don't, I don't think anybody should do anything, but I found the, the, when you should not listen to an audio book. And that's if it's talking about doing something differently while you're doing that activity.
1: So I I had a theory that you even brought a book with you today. I, I have a theory that every time I go to your office, there's a different book in there. Yeah. The theory is not that you're trying to impress me, but the theory is that... Good, because I'm not. (laughs) um, uh, Who are you trying to impress? Are you actually reading each one of those books? Yes. Or is that just today's Tuesday, so I'm bringing this one in, (laughs) and then on Wednesday I'm bringing this one in? Because you are one of the few people that is always reading, always has a different book. I
0: I do enjoy reading. Um, I wish I had more time to do it. Uh, Cause usually it's at the close of the day and I'm tired and I try to have books in different places mm-hmm. so that I can just pick it up and start reading it. If I have 10 minutes, five minutes, I can just kind of f- flip through different things. Mm-hmm. And, um, that that's honestly, it's the, the only time that's the only way I've felt to be able to read. Now, my favorite is to sit down for two hours and read, but my life just doesn't allow yeah, it most at people. all. Right. I mean, just with small children, with work, with everything that we've got going on, and I and I love it. And so I've I've found that I have to read part and parcel.
1: That works. Keep it up. Yeah, I
0: mean it's and it makes it way more enjoyable than just saying, "Oh man, I wish I would read
1: a little bit." How more. long was that book on breathing? On
0: I'm fascinated to, by to listen to by I think the it was, topic. Gosh, I mean, it was a four to six hour listen for sure. All right. Yeah, I mean, I. You know, we'll post it to our site on what book it is. I don't necessarily recommend it, but <laughs> yeah. I listen to it for sure.
1: I just think as a topic, that, that's that's pretty amazing. I mean,
0: it makes you think that everything in your life you're doing wrong
1: because you think about how many times you're breathing. It's kinda of like buying buying bottled water. You can get it free at home, but why would you do that when you can you can you can breathe without reading the
0: book, but I mean the book goes into like this guy's going into catacombs and like looking at people's skulls that lived, you know, way back in the day. Oh, he did he did a little research. I mean, hands on. <laughs> if you're crawling through a catacomb. <laughs> so what have you learned about yourself through writing this book, writing all these books? What have you learned about just the process and about who you are?
1: I you know, I I, I every one of them is a an exercise in discipline. So I I have embraced the discipline it takes to sit down every day and and punch out those words and same for the editing process that the writing is the shortest part of all of it the editing takes takes forever so if if you're sitting down and you're doing that it, it takes a massive amount of discipline and that that's probably what i've i've taken away the most I, I didn't realize before writing like this that i had that type of discipline because you know you you find interest here and there and you you know in your everyday life you veer left and right. Uh, but this has been the constant and, and that kind of surprised me that, that I could sit there and devote that much time and concentration to it.
0: So do you think in a world that is just kind of moving real fast and things, I mean, we don't have a really long attention span. People are always talking about how our attention spans are shrinking. Do you feel like this has been a really good exercise to focus on one thing?
1: Yes. The short answer is
0: yes. Um, yeah. I feel like you got more on the back end of that. I mean,
1: there should, there should be more on the back end, but I mean, it. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how else how else to describe it. Um, it's just it's part of part of who I am, and it's, it, I think the the people that are doing this constantly it, it, it's just a fabric uh, of of who they are. Yeah.
0: So do you you don't think that that was necessarily an issue for you prior to writing a book? Do you think it was a muscle at least
1: that was exercised within you from writing? It it had to have been exercised. Yes. Yes. But, you know, when, when I was younger and started this, I wasn't that disciplined about work. I wasn't that disciplined about other things. I mean, it, it really was this. And that, it, it's caused me to put systems into place, manage time better. You know, you, you have to devote, say, X amount of hours every day to it. So you have to clear that from your schedule. So it's, it's really been this whole life, I won't say overhaul, but it, it, you really have to structure things. And, and uh, that, that came to me late, And I'm so glad it did because I I get way more done now than I ever, ever did before.
0: Well, we always end the podcast with two questions.
1: Uh, First, what are you reading or listening to right now? So I just, I just finished uh, Victor Frankl's um, a man's search for purpose. uh, Connor, uh, Connor Sullivan, his, his debut book, uh, sleeping bear. And I'm, I'm, reading uh, Dave Grohl's autobiography oh, The nice. Storyteller I love that guy. Is that a good book? It's, I'm only about 50 pages in and I'm enjoying it okay. I'm enjoying it. That might be in my, one of my next it's, reads. He's, he's, he's good um, and then so next up what I want to read is the S.L. Crosby books Razorblade Tears and uh, uh, Blacktop Wasteland I gotta be honest with you Razorblade Tears sounds painful it's, it, Oh <laughs>
0: man it sounds good to me <laughs> Alright so in the world around you uh, or in your career, what are you encouraged by right now?
1: I've noticed lately more civility, and and I like that. That's really cool between people. Yep. So how can how can people find you? How can they find your books? Easiest way is to go to my website, which is www.cwendel.com. That's c w e n d e l dot com, and and then you can find the books there. My social media accounts are all linked there email's there. That's the best place.
0: Awesome. I really appreciate you being on today. Yeah, Thank
1: you for inviting me.
0: Again, I'm Holland Henderson with Allen & Company. If you go to our website at alleninvestments.com, you'll find a myriad of of, uh, blogs and of podcasts, some of them enjoyable, all of them really enjoyable. Some of them are mildly enjoyable like this one. Uh, But if you want to reach out to us, uh, we'd love to talk to you. Have a wonderful day.
1: The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult with an appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. Guests appearing on the show and their respective companies are not affiliated with LPL Financial and Allen & Company. Investment advisory services offered through Allen & Company of Florida LLC, Allen & Co., and its affiliate LPL Financial LLC, LPL, registered investment advisors. Securities offered through LPL member FINRA SIPC.